take two middle-aged men who happen to be cousins and share a common codependency on movies, put them in a room, and tell them to talk about anything film-related. The result? An existential exposition of cinematic synergy we call The Finleys on Film. Good morning, Mr. Finley. Mr. Finley, How good morning you, to sir? you, sir. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like way too fucking much morning. I haven't had coffee yet, so. Oh, Tom, don't give that old chestnut. I haven't had my coffee I, it, yet. It, it, it makes I'm the difference. I'm just not human until I have my coffee. You're not human ever, you silly bastard. Yeah. Ever. Never. What, but what I the, need my coffee. I want to get some of that soon. Have you ever been accused of um, looking like a, a Hollywood actor? Um, yes. Who? Not who accused you, but. Oh, okay. Dom DeLuise. Dom DeLuise, are you serious? Uh, yeah, yeah, back. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. When you shave your beard, mm-hmm. you are a little Dom DeLuise-esque. Yes. I can see A portly that. gentleman, at least. Well, there's that, sure. Oh, other qualities. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, somebody told me one time, when I was like 18, that I looked like Christopher Lloyd. Really? I didn't like it. No, that's I didn't know who it was, first, sure. of first of all, until I looked it up. which Christopher Lloyd... Marty, <laughs> he was never, it's your kids. Yeah, he never looked great. You know, that was roads. never his. That was never his thing. Yeah, he was. Wait, Jim, did you look like Jim? I think I might have acted like Jim. Uh, yeah, like heavy okay. drug phase for me. Oh my god, yeah. Um, my dad. What does yellow mean? Slow down. What does yellow mean? That was a good reference. Uh, my dad was um, often cited, especially in his older years, as looking like Gregory Peck. Yes, sir. I, I, I would a, agree with that. I always felt that way. Yeah. yeah. He, looked like a, he looked like a Gregory Pecker. He didn't act like Gregory Peck, except Gregory Peck and the boys from Brazil. <laughs> he was not a Gregory Peck, a tender Atticus Finch father. <laughs> oh, come on. I, I, don't, I doubt that, yeah. No, yeah. Um, but uh, but definitely, no, I would agree. I mean, we all, yep. I, that, that was the consensus amongst everyone in the family. that He looked kind of like Gregory Peck. I think he was kind of at some point before he completely went bananas. Um, I think he was regarded as uh, um, a good-looking dude. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But what are you going to do? Well, you know, he did capture your mom. You know, what are you, you going to say? Huh? Had to be something to that, I guess. I guess so. So we are talking about Gregory Peck today. Yes, sir. On the Fiddlers on Film. And we're going to take a look at three Gregory Peck films. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we chose three. I don't know why either. We do that once in a while. Yeah, every so often. Every so often. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to start with 1950s The Gunfighter. The Gunfighter, yes. We should say this, by the way. The Gunfighter is public domain. Great prints available on YouTube. Mm-hmm. YouTube-ish. Definitely go check it out. Okay, well... That being said, let's move on into it. All right, so the so the gunfighter... Go ahead. No, this is a classic. This is a classic uh, Western and movie trope. You've yep. seen it in other movies. Yep. This is maybe one of the better versions of it. You mean it's got the... It's it's a Western. It's got the high noon um, quality of you're stuck in one place waiting for the action to happen. Well, yeah, but in the larger sense also, there's just the whole thing about the guy who no longer wants to be a gunfighter. It's got a million who nevertheless is Who nevertheless is... Trapped into the gunfighter role, there's, there's a, that it becomes its own. It becomes its own engine, and it drives you toward, towards doom. There's no way, and there's no way out of it. Almost is what another saying. another parallel to to um, High Noon in a way, except that in High Noon, Gary Cooper he doesn't want to be the, the law right, anymore. Right. But well, it's the same idea. There's that, the shootest. There's this. There's so many movies that are that, that follow this, and I don't think any of them have done it better than this one. I'll be honest. Well, okay, so westerns um, <laughs> until I think fairly recently, like the last twenty or twenty five years, mm-hmm. West. Westerns have have predominantly been um, allegories, I think, for men. Right. Like the role of men. 
or the impotence of mm-hmm. men in modern culture or sure. something like that. I know that sounds like a fucking textbook, but well, go ahead. I, no, I think this movie actually sort of calls for that because this is, I think, one of the first westerns I can remember mm-hmm. that isn't like, well, I'm a gunfighter. I love me being a gunfighter, and right. that's then that's what I am. It's actually somebody sort of sort of looking at the consequences of what that is. But but the distinction so, is, so, yeah. Sorry, well, 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 most of those scenarios, right? So if you look at like the Wild Bunch, for instance, right, which has it's also kind of like what what are we doing as outlaws, or how long could we do this thing, you mm-hmm. know, be an outlaw, or how long could we even be part of this like wild west that's happening? Right. The way that that that's handled is, I think, the more common way, and that's that um, men are pitted against the landscape. And so, obviously, the landscape's always going to win, and it's going to demonstrate their fallibility. Right. Particularly if you think the landscape is a Mexican army. Yes, that's very true. <laughs> um, whereas the gunfighter and mm-hmm. High Noon and some others, it's like it 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 pits you in a, a bit of a claustrophobic. Yeah, I don't know if I said that right. Uh, space, mm-hmm. right? It's like a small town, and more precisely, like in a room, like right. in a saloon, mm-hmm. maybe out on that street or the livery stable or something like that, where it's very sort of confined. Where where this decision is going to have to be made. You're going to have to face your past or try to outrun it. Right. Um, and and is it possible? Right. So and they seem to be drawing heavily on the conclusion that it might not be possible. Right. And so the the, the conceit is is again part of the trope, right? So yeah. like so this guy who who doesn't want to sh- be a gunfighter at all somehow has to end up shooting people who want to prove themselves Better. against him. Right. Just to save his own life. And right? and and always pisses off the relative. Always there are three older brothers, by the way. Yes. Always three older brothers <laughs> in these things who are like we don't care. Occasionally two and maybe five, but never four. Yeah. I don't know what that's about. Timmy was an asshole, but we still have to avenge his death. Mm. We have to follow you somehow, right? Right, right. So so you know, I mean the only sort of like um I love this film. Yeah. I think right. it's 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 one of my like the top five westerns maybe. Okay, I can it, see that. Um, I love it. I, I would say this: though, the the one sort of problem with the film to me is this. You know, we, we we're we catch up with Gregory Peck, the gunfighter, after this has just happened, right? right? Mm-hmm. He has um, shot a young sort of uh, man who's trying to prove himself. The young man is also um, the actor who played Turk in um, Come Back, Little Sheba, the the little athlete, no shit, fucker, really. yeah. Okay, so. Um, so he, he has to outrun the three older brothers, um, has to sort of disable them and then run ahead of them to the next town. And of course, the next town happens to be the town that he's been meaning to return to because right. he's left something behind. And right. that something is? Well, his love, his one true love, as well as his friend. But uh, yeah, yeah. No, the, the, the one woman, the one woman that, uh, that, that sort of meant something to him. And a son. Yeah, not all those years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, and, yeah. and a son. Well, that's what's weird about this too, because it sort of implies like, were they married? Yeah, they never really answer that. But in, in either case, whether they were married <coughs> or not, and of course that is a, a big question for that time period, right? Mm-hmm. It seems like it's it's a huge deal that he's taken off as a gunfighter during this time period. He's right. the ultimate fucking um, what do you call the the uh, deadbeat Ab- dad, absentee father. Yeah, absentee uh, father, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Who, who's who's sort of come to his senses and realized not only do I want to give up the life of gunfighting, right, I, I need to go, go back have to the family and, and live and live an actual life that like I that like I actually role. have waiting for me, like someone I love and who've been I've been thinking about, and mm. and so he comes back into town, and of course everyone is. All a flitter. A flitter, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the sheriff is upset because somebody's going to get shot. He knows this. The bartender, played by uh, the earliest role I've ever seen Carl Malden in. Yeah, Carl Malden's right. been in a lot of our podcasts. Somehow. He surely has. Hasn't yeah. He? yeah, he's like he's like the Ernest. He's like another Ernest Borgnine. 
He's another Ernest Borgnine, right? Like, yeah, he's a bridge across generations. Anyways, um, but... Um, yeah, right uh, on the nose, Tom. What's that? Yep. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Okay. <laughs> Carl Malden had a nose, everybody. I don't yeah. know if you knew that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, so yeah, so... so um, um, oh, I threw Tom. Hmm? Tom's lost. I threw him. You did throw me. Okay, know. so so he's he's back in the situation, and again, again the trope comes you about son right of a bitch. where he he meets the sheriff of the town and look, right. it's his old gunfighting buddy, buddy, right? right? right yeah. Who who wants to basically, hey, look, move on. I'm not going to arrest you or anything, but right. like move the fuck out of here because yeah, I know exactly what you bring to any situation. Right, and that's gunfighting, gunfighting, and, and, and a brilliant mustache, and death, and death, uh, of course, and dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so he's not a fan of that. The town is all up in arms about the whole thing, and of course, young men start coming out of the woodwork, thinking that thinking that maybe they should be the next gunfighter, and also older men who recognize that this might be the man who brought death and destruction to their family before. Mm-hmm. I, I have a son who was shot. I think it was this guy, and so, right. But, but having said that, there's almost nothing more to the film. It's so simple it's very simple yeah it's so subtle it, it's so well staged yep. um i think it's well acted mm-hmm. um you know uh, gregory peck can be one of the most likable sort of fatherly type figures yes. that voice of his mm-hmm. if he's not playing that he's usually playing the other thing all a spellbound with um ingrid bergman which is the sort of like the lost yep. good looking man who's not sure about it <coughs> but the third thing he and can occasionally play well, a nazi <laughs> yeah <laughs> blind he's, he's blind or something or? Hmm? Well, he said Nazi. N- yeah, Nazi. So he, so he's. Um, there's, there's people in Germany, Jeff. He's the third Nazi, yeah. blind. Uh, so, so oh, that was a great joke. So no, hilarious joke. Tell wait, us, wait, tell uh, us absolutely, out the greatest fucking so way to derail a goddamn podcast I've ever witnessed. You shitbird. Um, yes. Okay. Anyways. Anyway, so anyway, the, so the third thing he plays is sort Nazi, of like Nazi. the wizened, um, kind of like gruff guy mm-hmm. who's a realist. I guess I would say that a realist, right? And in that way, he is that in this film. Right. And what's tugging at him is the fact that he also wants he's a, he's a romantic. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And and you know how that's going to end, how that's going to play out. You know, you can you can take your best guesses, but it's a short film, very right. digestible. It's yeah. like less than an hour and a half. But the, the beautifully thing, shot. But the other thing too is, even though he's a gunfighter, they never say he was an outlaw, except insofar as killing people can be to get you into the outlaw. But not like he, can, they never yeah. said he was like like a train robber or any of that other the sort of the other classic things as well. Right. Just that he was a gunfighter. Yeah, they, keep, yeah. they keep it at that. So that's in that sense they keep the move they keep the movie set, uh, simple. Yeah, and and moving forward, and I think it's it's, it's very elegant. Play. And I, I that that idea that like um, it's not what you you put into you know whatever piece of art, it's what you don't put into it. I usually mm-hmm. find that to be such horseshit, but in this case, it's actually <laughs> true merited. Yeah, yeah, I would okay. say. Um, so the gunfighter. Okay, well, I had another question for you though. This is I hate to revive an old argument. You know how I hate that, Tom. No, but how can you love this film? And not love the outlaw, because it has some of the same beautiful qualities, like simplicity and and good, di- like you know, classic f- like film school direction and yeah, terrible acting. Hmm. I'm sorry, I didn't like that. I, I, the outlaw. I mean, the, one of the things I didn't like so much about it was the I thought the acting was 
was not great. It wasn't done. It wasn't done great. I think some of the directing was a little bit weird. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And this is much. This is actually much simpler. There, I, I can see what you're saying. There are similarities between the yeah. two movies, but I think The Gunfighter is a far superior movie. Mm. Far superior. Far superior. Okay. Mm-hmm. We turn now to. We're just going to go very, very classic for our second Gregory Peck film. Oh right? yeah. I mean, but we the, can't. The least surprising Gregory Peck movie of do all it. fucking time. Yeah. yeah. And we're of course yeah, talking about. Boys from Brazil. Oh. oh no. <laughs> it's going to be the same. <laughs> joke. Just made me We're talking about To Kill a Mockingbird. Kill a Mockingbird. Harper well, Lee's adaptation of Harper Lee's great. What a, this is a shit show of a movie. Yeah, it's terrible. Ter- Move on. <laughs> did you, by the way, did you read you uh, Ghost of Watchmen, the, the long anticipated uh, sequel? No, no. I haven't read it yet. Yeah. I want to read it. But okay, I, I won't say anything it. about it then. Alright, but fuck, okay. To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay. Where do you start? When, uh, yeah, well, um, where I mean, you... look, every high schooler has read this, by right, the way. Right. It's, it's requisite reading. Yeah. Okay. Um, look, I don't know how it's to adapt a this. It's, it's a great movie. It's a, first off, it's a, it's a shockingly good adaptation as well. It is. It's still, I mean, it because it's based on the Harper Lee novel, it's mm-hmm. always going to be a little disappointing that something <laughs> wasn't in there. For sure. instance, later on, I think the handling of, of Boo Radley is probably the weakest part. Probably, film. probably, yeah. and yet it's also sort of the weird, the kind of the kind of the sweet climax of it as well. So, mm, it's, so it's sweet. Climax. It's still it's still done very well. It's, yeah. There's nothing fucking wrong about this. What is this movie about? This movie is about a little girl growing up in a southern town, a deep southern town, mm-hmm. uh, in the in the, during the depression, Alabama, and her uh, in Alabama. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then her her growing up. That's really what the movie's about. And then there's these other things that go on around her that's that are part of that. One is that her father happens to be sort of one of the uh, one of the lawyers in town, sort of mm-hmm. one of the lawyers in town. Lawyerish, and uh, he um, and he's um, he's just a, he's a man of supposed principle, and that's part of what you see him play out. Yeah, I mean that's what's really interesting about Ghost at a Watch- Watchman later on is that that is um, a book that takes up their characters like ten years later. Uh-huh. It was actually written before To Kill a Mockingbird. It was the original, really, and. Um, Atticus Finch is a staunch states' rights really? person okay. and makes like eloquent arguments about why things like segregation have their place in society. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so it's actually a, a richer experience, I think, if you get both stories in there because he is a bit of a saint. Yeah, oh no, movie. he's definitely a saint. And it's, <laughs> and it's playing heavily to the saintliness that Gregory Peck can bring to a role. Yeah, for sure, right? He so, brings, a, he brings a, like a no-nonsense a saint, a saintly Sort of, sort of. He can bring that. Everything about his character makes you want to try to be that character for like three days. <laughs> he wears like a, a Tom Wolf, like three piece white suit. Uh, and he's, yeah. he's got his little watch and chain, and mm-hmm. he always has something for like very calm and and subtle to say about yeah. how people, uh, you know, um, r- the relations between people. You fix any problem just with the word of mouth. But okay, so but the point Shoot is, a dog. if we're looking at at um, you know Depression era Alabama. And you know the race, race relations there. The story is so perfectly told from a little girl's point of view, right? Mm-hmm. Because she really has no presence, never mind omnipresence. It's always like, how, why is this happening in front of me? And so Gregory Peck's character, Atticus Finch, is a way to explain. You know, my dad always said, if you really want to know a subject well, first go to the, the children's section of a library and see how adults explain it to children. 
that's your first way to get to know anything. And I think mm. it's a kind of interesting sure point of that. view because I think it happens in <laughs> To Kill a Mockingbird, right? Sure, yeah, it's yeah. sort of like we all know what segregation and race is, right. but what if a child asked again in front of us anyway? Like, what would the answer be? Mm-hmm. And it gets a little more complex that way, right? Right, right, right. And so it's all about, like, yeah, her growing up mm-hmm. and, and, you know, what the town is like. Um, and what the characters on the street are like, and how Atticus Finch is a sort of moral compass for us and for right, her. For her. And then there's a tension of uh, the segregation and a trial that results from the relationship between blacks and whites. Right. Right. And the shame, by the way, <laughs> like what, it, like this. What's fair about this film is you see the good, like good, comma white people uh-huh. who then are abhorrent. And and it doesn't it it, it it presents it rather than presenting it as a contrast, it presents it as a realistic mixture of what people are. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it also plays it also um, it also really does the, 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 it's fabulous in that we have uh, mm-hmm. so black people are being uh, segregated from white culture, but but the but the antagonism that's going on in there is largely through the low, through the super poor white people oh, yeah. versus the super poor black people. That's it's, a film about class. Yeah, as, as much, much as, as race. Any, yeah, well, I mean, as much they're... as anything, which and and reflective of what goes you know what's what I think is going on today is well, how tied they are. Yeah, what yeah. is going on today? Uh, well, it's Fourth of July. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, but I'm just saying it's like so so that's so that that elegant tying of, of it's just such a no no I, I I really meant that as as a question Tom and, and you know you don't have to if you're unprepared I kind of sprung it on you for like a dissertation but it is kind of interesting to ask what it's 2018 what is going on today that this film is either instructive or mm. not because one of the criticisms I've heard about her novel and the film mm. and it's one I have to acknowledge. Is that you know we we've seen it for years as a sort of progressive, you know, novel and film, and it demonstrates like um, how people could or should think about the world and the mm-hmm. tragedies of when people don't. But but people bring up it's just a here's the the argument against it. It's another piece of literature or film where where black people die so that uh, white people can go oh I get it. <laughs> And it's like that's not a bad criticism in a no, way. That's not a bad criticism. None of the film as as a piece of art. I think uh, it's it's great as a piece of art, but as a piece of art living in the world, you know, fifty years after its making or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting. And so that's why I asked, like, what is do you, you sort of intimated that there were things happening today in 2018 that are a parallel? I'm not challenging it. Yeah, I'm just yeah, sort of yeah. asking. Well, like, I think how do you mean? But I think that I think that the the parallels are still there. I think that what, a lot of what um, gets sort of um, a, lot of, a lot of the conflict that sort of keeps us where we are, sort of you know, gelled in society, yep. black or white, is really it's it's almost it's it's not it's not as much race as we may think it is, as mm-hmm. much as it is class. Mm-hmm. And I think we don't acknowledge that. I think that that's part of the unspoken conversation. Okay. Of race in 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 the United States. So I mean, it, it and we're just sort of using like a microcosm. We're using black and white. Obviously, it's more complex than that. Even no, much more complex. But, yeah. but let's just take that as an example. So it's like if you have, um, if you have a predominance of, of poverty among people of color, let's say, right? Right. Mm-hmm. It, it filters into all kinds of things, like the education you get or the right. legal representation you get. And so there's obviously um, some anger there, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. If you are white uh, and you're impoverished, then right. there's a bitterness 
that has racism kind of built into it because this shouldn't be happening to me. No, absolutely, yeah. And then, but I'm still better than the black people <laughs> over here. You know that that whole that whole mechanism is there, I and I don't think it's right. accidental. And I think it's yeah, yeah. I think it's maintained. I really do. Like, yeah, I'm certain. I'm, I'm, I'm on the. Uh, I'm on the the chemtrails. Uh, no, trail I don't. On this one, I, think. I don't think oh, this one's not. like super, super conspiratorial. I mean, I think it's, it just seems like it's the mechanism in place to keep us in our place. All right. So then, another question. I'm sorry for going far afoot, but I just find an interesting conversation. It's like if we have, you know, like we said, um, this isn't just a, an acknowledged novel and film. Mm-hmm. The novel and the film, to some degree, are requisite experiences for high schoolers across this nation. Because they cause conversations like this. Okay, but but is it, it's what you'd also say is it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> Here's art that could work and it's mm. art's not working. Right. I don't know. But yeah. it's a great film. <laughs> it is a great <laughs> it was film. It's such a good movie, yeah. It, Robert Duvall's um, uh, um, film debut. Yeah. Debut. Yeah. Not, even, not even a talking part. That's right. Um, I think this is even before he he did Twilight Zones, right? Mm-hmm. So this is nineteen sixty two. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think um, the the girl who plays Scout, um, we've seen her in another film called This Property Is Condemned. Really, she was in that. She's the younger sister who starts the film off in the the ratty dress, okay. uh, retelling the story of Sweet Sweet Natalie Wood's downfall. Nice. Okay. There's something about. I just don't want to say. There's also something about like. I don't know. I, I I don't know what it is. It's in the American trope. It's the love of 1930s depression era movies. Mm-hmm. There are some so so many tremendous movies have been made just set in that time period. Well, Paper Moon. This yeah. like you know so, so many so many we've visited so far. Well, I, so I, I'm gonna posit- there's a feel to these movies. a theory. We're we're a very young country. Mm. And it's that and uh, the the wars, and particularly World War II, because we had film at the time, right. are like things we can look back and we know that we survived it. Mm. And so it becomes great sort of fertile ground yeah. for okay. theater, right? Okay, fair enough. All right. Yeah. Speaking of fertile ground for theater, <laughs> our final film is from 1976, and it's The Omen. The Omen. This was Tom's suggestion. I'd never uh, seen The Omen before. You've never seen The Omen. I wanted to do Boys from it's Brazil, crazy. but I thought, eh, it's a little too obvious. Let's let's do this Omen. Let me watch it. Everyone, culturally, we know, uh, you know, like Damien. Everyone's heard Damien, the devil important. child. It was hugely impactful. All out of proportion to how good the movie actually is. Yeah. I would say I think it's I think it's a great movie. I thought and it has some great scary parts in it. I love it. But I think I love it as much for anything because I saw it young and, and I've seen it many times. Yeah, I don't think it's a good movie at all, but it I understand at some point about halfway through I started to have a little bit of fun watching it. Uh-huh. Um but it's it's really as bad as bad as bad filmmaking can be in a way. Um I mean even they had no budget for special effects. Apparently. And it, 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 it starred Lee Remick and uh, Gregory Peck. That's where all the money went. I guess. That's, yeah. And the kid, the child actor. Okay, so look, here's the premise. <laughs> I mean, at first you're not sure what's happening for the first five minutes, mm. but but um, I guess, okay, so so Lee Remick <laughs> is the I want, wife. Actually, I want this. I've never, is this the day. wife of Ambassador Gregory Peck. <laughs> mm-hmm. They are living in Italy. Uh, he's got this ambassadorship or some important sort of cabinet position. Mm-hmm. Um, he's rushing to a, a, a hospital, a Catholic hospital, because he's been informed that a baby has been born and the mother has died giving birth. And I, as far as I can tell, he's he's going to make his wife believe that she's given birth to this baby. Yeah, well, she 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 That's did. Quite the, a car the, trip. The, well, it's like it's like when you. You, when you when you're 
your cat's hitting, and then the yeah. cat dies, and then you go find the exact same fucking cat that looks exactly like it, yeah. and you bring it in, and then. then but I guess, so Lee Remick apparently was really knocked out. I guess during and then just sort of thought, oh, this is the baby I gave birth to. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he accepts this idea. You know, um, he takes this baby. <laughs> this fucking tomfoolery. Totally. I don't know how that was legal, even in Italy, where things are kind of crazy with the law. Pepperoni. So uh, he takes his baby and he raises it. He gets a new position as an ambassador to Italy in London. I'm not even clear about that. No, he goes to London. He becomes the ambassador to the court of St. James. Oh, that's right. Okay. So so they're raising this child. Um, It's a weirdo child. The... He's got a shitty bowl haircut. Looks not a super not an spoiled. Child. Yeah. And his nanny he dresses with like the, the the little felt knee pants. And his nanny commits public suicide in an awesome way mm-hmm. at his birthday party. Right, his birthday party just hangs herself out the window. This is for you. And so you're led to believe suddenly, twenty minutes of the film, something is amiss here. Yeah, she does. She shouts, "This is for you, Damien." So um, he gets a, uh, the sort of like classic, another trope, the um, the Catholic priest who gives a warning. Yes. <laughs> about <laughs> the crazed vague. haunted Catholic. <laughs> yeah, something vague, and he's sort of like terrorizing. This Catholic priest is terrorizing um, Gregory Peck um, about the, the satanic nature of his family. Uh-huh. Um, meanwhile, there's a, a, a journalist, a photographer, a photojournalist who's taking pictures of everything that's happening, and when he develops them. Um, while he's smoking for some reason. Um, All the key players have uh, weird birthmarks in the picture. Yeah, I mean, it's even describing it, I feel <laughs> like I'm part of the badness that is this film because it sounds like a spark note session gone wrong. It's really, it's it's just so convoluted um, and over the top and not good in, mm. in so many ways. Um, what becomes good is any time... There's a film, and God, we've seen a million of these films where someone's finally convinced that a, a, a child is evil. So right. now you have an adult who no one will believe who wants to kill a child, essentially. Uh-huh. And then it's like, okay, I've been there before. Right? <laughs> so, so then I, I'm on board a little bit. And so the action sort of gets amped up. Um, and um, there's a lot of crazy killings and a lot of satan- there's a crazy dog for some reason. I mean, the dog's like a a, a helper of Satan. I get the I get the idea, but it's just like ah, it's just kind of a mess. And it's left with a clear like I've never seen an earlier version of like someone turning to the camera like wink sequel coming. Uh. Like it's it's got that. It's not good in any way. I, I really didn't enjoy this film for the most part. Oh, okay, all right. Well, now tell me what you like about it. Um, just I forget the, the, the when I saw it, I was mm-hmm. enough of a child to still be like sort of caught on the creepy nature of the the implications of sat- you know satanic ritual and mm-hmm. worship and all like that. Yeah, and that the devil would come to this planet. I, I, I was very paranoid about that kind of thing when I was in like. Fifth grade and shit like that. In fourth grade. It's an idea that travels. Can you think of films that that have like satanic, you know, qualities that that are quality satanic films? Hmm. I mean, look. Something like, like, okay, well, let's like let's look at like it's sort of contemporary, mm-hmm. uh, The Exorcist. That is truly a great movie. Okay, that's actually a good movie. That's not mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. that's not just a scary movie. 
a movie that's, that's effective a well in that sense. Movie. It's a well-made movie. It's actually a crafted movie with a plot that moves along. Yeah. This this is uh, this is you're right. It's a mess. It's one of those movies that I love from the '70s that I don't think about it because I because I happen to I, I gained a love of it at the time when movies didn't have to make sense to me. Now they have to, and yeah. it's a, I'm a much much meaner critic about this kind of thing. I guess it's the writing and everything is so much better in The Exorcist because it has some of the same qualities that could sink it as a film. Linda Blair's ridiculous rotating head or the mm-hmm. bed sort of jumping up and down, but you're willing to sort of overlook that that dated type of yeah, stuff the data because the, for the, the 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 craft of the craft of it yeah there's not a craft in in the omen that i think <laughs> surpasses the lack of of uh you know mm. special effects yeah and i love the fact that the, the, when they made the second one they had william holden instead of gregory Pan. william holden at that point would do anything yeah, He's, that's much. like the earthling territory right uh might have been yes yeah yeah, okay, so I, I, I give it a... Um, I mean, I guess I would say you should see The Omen because it's The Omen and it's on that list of so you things. you know what they say when they mean... You know what they mean when they say Damien? That kind of thing. Yeah. The three people who still do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, but I can't defend it. I love That's it fine. from the... That's your best the, answer so yeah. far. Yeah. Yeah. yeah All right. Well, um, oh, and also, I have to say this. The more I watch Lee Remick, the more I'm like, it's almost like she had, she was bipolar. Because she's great in some things, and Mm -hmm. she's just totally forgettable. And in this one, it's not even terrible. She's just like, she's just kind of there as a mannequin. Right. In in, um, some weird way. Anyway, so. um, Gregory Peck is great. He's compelling in this. No. He's not, he's, he's, he's walking through his lines. I mean, I think he's a great actor, but again, this uh, two years later, he did Boys from Brazil, and he was totally compelling. I find him not compelling in in this film at all. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. How does it feel to be that wrong? Mm. All right, Tommy. Um, we would love it <coughs> if you all, you listeners, would what? No, I was going to say, join us on Patreon. Oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, no, go ahead. You you have this you have this spiel down better than I do. All right. Now so if you want to be if you it. like what we do, you want to become a Patreon subscriber at the five dollars per month level. You are entitled at that point to two new Patreon only episodes per month and access to the Patreon only archives. If you would rate and review us on iTunes, that would be a real help. Also, don't forget you can only email us a letter. Nothing makes Tom happier than when people email us. That's Finley's on film. At gmail.com. Tom, I believe you have some business. Oh, yeah. Come join me at uh, tomsmithcomedy.com and uh, keep up. I got some shows coming up. Thank you very much. Okay. See you, buddy. No, see you, buddy.